Broadcasting from down on the bayou, it's the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by Lake Area Media, LLC. And now your hosts, David Boston and Patrick Fry. And welcome to episode 97 of the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's your boy DB, Patrick Fry, right there. Also, before we get started, Melon added Streamlabs because obviously it is created by Streamlabs, but you can now donate to our live stream, streamlabs.com forward slash the Average Marks 2. Check it out right down there because there's two of us. I thought that was pretty catchy, Patrick. Well, I was about to say is was there was the average marks already taken, so you had to add the number two to it, or did you just throw that in there just to be unique? Well, I, I thought it was unique. Okay. Well the average marks two, streamlabs.com backslash the average marks two. Uh help your boys out and uh do a little donating as uh yes, episode ninety seven. We're creeping up on that one hundredth episode and we haven't yeah. really discussed if we're gonna really do anything special for the one hundredth episode, we might, we might not. It, you know, I don't know what we could do that would be special for the one hundredth episode. You know, obviously, other than you know, talk about what's happening in the world of pro wrestling in in three weeks. We could book will, the midgets. Well, it could be double or nothing. That could be our double or nothing preview show, which uh, might be, you know, a very interesting episode. A lot to talk about there as that's coming up in a few weeks, and we're going to talk a little bit about that coming up. But you want me to go ahead and do the rundown here real quick? Uh, let me hit this shirt, and then we'll do the rundown. Yeah, go ahead. I was about to mention the shirt, but then once again, we we, we had a few tech issues before we came on, so. Yeah. I'm a little, uh, my mind's a, a little all over the place right now. But yeah, go ahead and tell them about the shirt we got today. Yeah, we are broadcasting live from the Collar and Elbow Studios, which means we are a Collar and Elbow partner. You can get 10% off your entire order at collarandelbowbrand.com. When you go to the store, they have menswear, they have women's wear, they also have some stuff on there for kids, but you can get stuff for the whole family. 10% off your entire order with the checkout code, the average marks. And our shirt of the week is the Brody forever shirt absolutely paying homage to the late great brody lee and that's a really nice shirt uh i personally like the purple and gold colors to it as i'm a big lsu fan of course you can see if you're watching on the stream i got an lsu flag in the background there so the purple and gold i really like that as well but it's just a cool shirt uh nonetheless to you know help celebrate the the legacy of the late great brody lee so uh, go check out that shirt right now at collarandelbow.com and get that 10% off with the average marks code word at checkout. It's collarandelbowbrand.com. Excuse me, I messed that up there a little bit. Collarandelbowbrand.com. Don't go to collarandelbow.com, although it, for uh-huh. all I know, it could redirect you to the correct website anyway. But, hey, on today's episode, number 97 for May the 6th, 2021, we're going to talk about Daniel Bryan, his WWE contract expired. So what's the future hold for... Daniel Bryan or possibly Bryan Danielson. We'll talk about that. Also, last night was AEW Blood and Guts. That was a really big show for AEW. We're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Also, next week's Dynamite lineup, pretty stacked. In my opinion, we're going to talk about that. And um, AEW Double or Nothing coming up. We've already mentioned that. They're going to be running that show at full capacity. We'll talk about that as well. And uh, recently, a WWE superstar... Uh, 
you know, one of the big ones got some new theme music. We're going to maybe react to the new theme music. I don't know if we can maybe play it. Well, we might be able to play it on our on our stream as um, you know, there's been a lot of uh AEW themed videos, I guess, that have been getting copyrighted struck the last week or so, a lot of folks, and it's just AEW. WWE's not even really doing it, so we might be able to play this this new theme song and react to it uh, later on in the episode. Then also, Andrade, he has challenged Kenny Omega for the AAA Mega Championship at Triple Mania. That's huge right there. That could be a tremendous match. We'll talk about that. Also, we're going to play the, uh, the MFK game, the Marry F. Kill game. We're going to bring that back. We played it two weeks ago. We're going to bring it back again today. And then finally, the rumor mill, is there an RK Bro push coming? I personally hope so. Big fan of RK Bro. More info on the NXT Diamond Mine promo. A lot of speculation as to who that could be or if that's a faction, what it is. We don't know. And uh, also, what's next for Gender Mahal? Don't hinder gender. We're going to find out what's <laughs> next for Gender Mahal. So all of that is coming up here on The Average Marks, episode number 97 for May the 6th, two th- uh 2021. That's right. Like, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, at The Average Marks. Great thing about Facebook and Twitter, you're going to get two different versions of The Average Marks on your news feeds because I essentially take control of Facebook. Patrick has Twitter. So you're going to get two different things. Just find us on social media. Like whichever platform is your preferred at the average marks. And I've been doing a little bit better trying to keep up on the Twitter. I, I, I do it now, kind of. I, I try to on, on the daily. I just retweet things. Been putting some polls up as well, so feel free to go and check out the polls. Every now and again, I'm going to start putting a poll out there based on you know what the hot topic is in professional wrestling. I'll put a poll up. And uh, give us your feedback. I, I, we really like to get the the pulse of the, the wrestling fans on the internet wrestling community and, and see what they're feeling about certain things. Uh, we got a poll about Daniel Bryan here as we're getting ready to talk about Daniel Bryan. His contract expired for w- from WWE. According to Fightful.com, he had a match with Roman Reigns last Friday night for the Universal Championship. If he lost, he would have had to leave SmackDown. He lost. He's no longer now on SmackDown. He was moved to the alumni section on WWE.com, which they've done that before, and I think maybe they, they do that maybe for kayfabe reasons, and they obviously would bring people back. But in this particular instance, and I don't think anybody really knew this until after the fact, but his contract is legitimately expired. It expired supposedly at midnight last Friday night. So right now, Daniel Bryan is really free to go wherever he wants, and he hasn't really been shy lately about working with other companies and having some WWE superstars work with other companies to really, I guess, learn more things in the ring, so to speak. So he's been very vocal about working with other companies. WWE reportedly has this partnership coming up with MLW. Maybe he shows up there. But I did pull a, put a poll up on Twitter the other day, and the, the poll said, if I could scroll down to it here really quick, uh, what brand slash... Uh, promotion would you like to see Daniel Bryan end up with? Uh, right now, well, we had 13 total votes. Uh, the final results, AEW was the winner at 38.5, and I did have a vote. Uh, I did personally vote for AEW, and I think my vote was ultimately a tiebreaker. 
Uh, second place was Raw. I was a little surprised about that. I was even debating if I wanted to put Raw in there because Raw has just been a, a dumpster fire for uh, a while now. So who would want to see Daniel Bryan go to the dumpster fire when he could go to a place like AEW or maybe even NXT, which has been arguably the best of the three shows in WWE. NXT came in third with 23%. Raw was in second with 30% of the vote. And then New Japan... I included New Japan in there because obviously New Japan is arguably the hottest promotion outside of the U.S. And uh, that came in last. I was a little surprised that it came in last because I think Daniel Bryan would absolutely thrive in, in a New Japan setting. But my personal vote was for AEW. David, you know, wh- where do you see Daniel Bryan going? Is he going to re-sign with WWE? Some people at AEW believe he's going to re-sign with WWE. And if he does, does he go to Raw? Does he go to NXT? If he doesn't re-sign with WWE, maybe he goes to AEW. Who knows? Maybe he shows up in Impact. A lot of former WWE wrestlers have shown up in Impact. And uh, somebody else also noted that uh, Daniel Bryan, the only promotion or company that he actually follows on Twitter is Ring of Honor, which is where, obviously, he made his name before his WWE day. So, obviously, a lot of options on the table for Daniel Bryan, but... David, I mean, what do you think? Where do you see Daniel Bryan possibly ended up, and where would you actually like to see him go? Where do you think he's going to thrive? Well, I know he's been really uh, talking about it, like on interviews and stuff like that, that his time is limited as a full-time performer and that he's really looking forward to, uh, you know, taking it back part-time so he can be more of a dad and be home more often. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, I think right off the bat, New Japan or AEW would be great for that. But we've also seen Vince be kind to part-time performers like Brock Lesnar, John Cena, The Rock. So, I mean, man, I don't know. I guess it's whoever's going to put the most money in front of his face and say, hey, yeah, you can do part-time here. Um, We also had a poll on Facebook as well. We did it too. And uh, Raw came in first. A distant second was NXT. And New Japan came in. Uh, dead last. Yeah, apparently Only not a, a lot of folks. And don't get me wrong, I would love to see Daniel Bryan in New Japan, and I actually enjoy New Japan. The problem with New Japan, and I've, I believe I've said this before, is that a lot of times New Japan comes on at four in the morning, and I'm you know eleven times out of ten I'm sleeping at four in the morning, mm-hmm. and if I can't see it live, most of the time. I'm not going to want to go back and watch it. That's just the way I'm that's the way I'm wired. I want to watch things live. If I don't get to see it live, more than likely I'm not going to go back and watch it. So New Japan stuff I just absolutely miss out on. And I mean even like for Wrestle Kingdom, you know, me and Brinkman and Cruz, we've had multiple instances with New Japan where we've stayed up late or all night. You know, had a few cups of coffee to keep me awake to watch um, Wrestle Kingdom, you know, the last couple of years. Well, not this past year, but I think 2019, 2020, for sure. Uh, we stayed up, you know, all night watching Wrestle Kingdom. And, and granted, that that's rough in itself, trying to stay up all night. But watching New Japan, it, to me, it's I love watching New Japan, but the, the, the time difference, it's... It's it's not doable for me with my schedule, unfortunately. But uh, AEW obviously is the closest thing we have to New Japan in the states now, and I've become a huge fan of AEW. I mean, it's the the main thing I watch now personally. So to see Daniel Bryan 
go to AEW. That's why I voted for it. Would love to see that because I really want to see this AEW brand continue to grow. I feel like they're getting some momentum now. You know, they pretty much caused NXT to bow out of the Wednesday Night Wars, and now they're starting to get over a million views in you know the last few weeks. Last week they were down, but I think that had a lot to do with the, the president's uh, address to the nation or to Congress or whatever last Wednesday night, which came on in the middle of Dynamite. But uh, this past week, as a matter of fact, as of last night, well, I'm not going to get to it just yet, but we're going to... You know, any any more thoughts on, on Daniel Bryan before we jump into AEW Blood and Guts, which was last night? The only other thing I could add is ROH, if they wanted to make a splash. I mean, the company that owns them is a huge media company. They got a lot of money behind them. They could afford a part-time Bryan if they wanted to, but as we've seen with the rest of their wrestlers and stuff like that, they're not looking really to shell money into the promotion. So mm-hmm. I, I doubt that's a possibility. Yeah, so... I never thought Ring of Honor was really in the running because, I mean, I hate to say it, you know, Ring of Honor is just kind of dead in the water ever since AEW came around. But uh, who knows? And and Daniel Bryan, you know, he talked about working with other companies. I wouldn't be surprised if he put himself in a situation where maybe he can go work with Ring of Honor, AEW, Impact. Like, he can work with all... Obviously, you can't really do that with WWE. So he may put himself in a position to where he's going to go work outside of WWE and he can kind of bounce around between, you know, a New Japan, an AEW, an Impact, a Ring of Honor, do something like that because that seems like... And now, granted, you did mention about how, you know, his run as a full-time wrestler is pretty much coming to an end where he can only work part-time. So I don't know how that that's going to work out, but if I had to vote or if I had my choice, AEW ultimately is the destination I want to see Daniel Bryan go. Right on. All right, well, last night, speaking of AEW, was Blood and Guts. Uh, a very, very hyped show, which all focused around the Blood and Guts match between the Pinnacle and the Inner Circle, which was the main event, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. It started off last night with the tag team match. It was John Moxley, Eddie Kingston taking on Kenny Omega, and Michael Nakazawa and this was a pretty good match. Uh, it was a, This card was really stacked, so I wasn't surprised they started off with this because lately AEW Dynamite has really been starting off with some very good matches. So to have the, the world champ and Nakazawa going against Mox and Kingston, which I thought arguably a co-main event for, for this particular show, went on first, not, not surprised. They always seem to want to have something really, really good to start off the show. That was a pretty good match. Uh, you know, it started out, Nakazawa came out, and Callis said, well, you know, Kenny's not here, and this and that, and, you know, drawing a little more heat. And then Kenny Omega comes out, attacks Mox and Kingston with the belts, and they had a really good match. But, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's weird because Kenny's been feuding with Mox and Kingston, or at least they've been feuding with the Elite, I guess, as a whole. And... You know, it was later announced in the show, and I, I thought maybe we'd get Mox and Omega again. I wouldn't be against it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I've seen this. Okay, I've, we've seen this a couple of times already. You know, when, when is enough enough? And granted, I wouldn't mind seeing it again, but seeing it consecutively, you know, I don't want to do that. Maybe Omega goes up against Kingston. Okay, we haven't seen that yet. 
maybe that's a thing. Well, we find out next week, number one contender, winner faces Omega at double or nothing. It's going to be Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Number one versus number two in the AEW singles ratings. So I don't see how Pac is not going to win that match, but hey, it's you never know what's going to happen. So with this feud, I mean... I'm curious to see where they go. I mean, John and Eddie won the match and, and whatnot, but you know, I was hoping that I, I was interested to see where this is going to go. And now it seems like this might take a back seat as Omega now is really going to focus on challenging either Pac or Orange Cassidy. But uh, I mean, what, what did you think of um, of the the tag team match last night? I mean, I thought the action was great. Mm-hmm. What I didn't get was okay. You got John Moxley. Elite wrestler. You got Kenny, elite wrestler. You got Michael Nakazawa, who just like look. All right, let, let me let me say this. Bubba Ray t- uh, tweeted this out. Did you see? But what Bubba said about the match? I saw him tweet out something about Naka wearing the belts. I don't know if I saw him tweet out something about the actual match itself. But what did he tweet? No, that was that was pretty much it. He said. If I'm management or owners of Impact Wrestling, I'd be effing fuming that the World Heavyweight Championship was being carried out by Naka Nobody and not at least over the shoulder of Omega. Perception is reality. Hashtag uh, AEW Dynamite. And that's that's the only thing I have against this match. I get well, Nakazawa is his lap boy and, and, you know, he's his, you know, whatever. But, dude, I mean, come on. There's in no way can Kenny Omega... And Michael Nakazawa beat Moxley and Eddie Kingston in any match. Well, you mentioned something about the belts. That actually happened, that was later on in the show. Uh, That was uh, later on, right before the Blood and Guts match, Omega came out with, and he had the AEW title on around his waist. And then Nakazawa comes out, he's got the Impact World title on one shoulder, he's got the AAA Mega Championship on one shoulder, and then he's got the TNA World Heavyweight Championship around his waist. So yeah, that's what Bubba Ray is referring to. That you, you know, Omega's the champion. Omega's supposed to be the guy representing your company. Yeah. And yet, I guess you're kind of you're disrespecting it in a way by, ooh, excuse me, having Nakazawa come out with it on rather than Omega. I mean, you know, Omega's starting to become you know the the belt collector. They're trying to build this image, and a lot you know people have photoshopped all these images with Omega with all of these belts wrapped around him. And everything. So why can't you have Omega, you know, trying to come out wearing all the belts himself? Now I get they were trying to hype up the AEW World Championship because obviously the announcement was going to be who will Omega face for the AEW World Championship at Double or Nothing. But uh, I'm looking forward to that number one contender match between Pac and Orange Cassidy. But because if you were if you remember back in Revolution of 2020, this was right before the pandemic started. Pac and Orange Cassidy had a one-on-one match at that pay-per-view, and it was one of the most entertaining matches still to this day in the history of AEW. It was a great match. I loved it. I hope it's if it's even half as good next week as it was back at Revolution of 2020. I'm going to enjoy that match. And then I am assuming Pac is going to win and go challenge Omega for the AEW World Championship at Double or Nothing. If most of you remember, once again, Kenny Omega and Pac 
arguably have had the best match in the history of AEW Dynamite. They had a 30-minute Iron Man match. I don't even remember when it was. I think that might have been pre-pandemic too, but that's still arguably the best one-on-one match, not only in the history of Dynamite, but in the history of AEW, at least in my opinion. So a lot of big possibilities going on with the AEW World Championship moving forward. Right on. All right, let's go to the next match from last night. It was Cody Rhodes taking on QT Marshall. And, well, Cody Rhodes ended up defeating QT Marshall. Cody was actually out the last few weeks, and someone was saying how he – it's like Cody gets beat down, he gets injured, he comes back, he wins the match, and then like that that's and it's like a revolving door of that, and that's kind of what happened last night. Now, this was a really good match, uh, in my opinion. There was a, a part where QT actually used Cody's finisher on him, the crossroads, Cody kicks out, and Cody then puts the crossroads on QT Marshall, and QT Marshall then kicks out. So, you know, they tried to make QT Marshall you Marshall. Know, see, Marshall, excuse me, Marshall, Marshall, <laughs> tomato, tomato, but <laughs> it, they tried to make him seem like you know he was a really strong competitor. And up until now, he was undefeated in 2021 in AEW. I think he was 12 and 0 going into this match. I mean, hard to believe, but yes, QT Marshall was undefeated in 2021. So. It was a very good match. I enjoyed it. I think it was a very good match. I think it was arguably might have been the best. Well, I wouldn't say the best match of the night, but um, it was much better than probably a lot of people expected it to be. And ultimately, Cody won. And then uh, the interesting thing is what happened after the match. Anthony Agogo, the the Olympian, uh, the Olympian boxer, uh, Olympic gold medalist in boxing, comes out and basically gives a gut shot. To Cody, and you know, knocks him down, and then he takes the uh, the Great Britain flag and basically lays it over Cody Rhodes. So maybe we're gonna have an a go go Cody Rhodes little feud coming up here at some point. Uh, if the the trend continues, it's gonna be Cody's gonna be out for a little bit uh, after he took that gut shot. He's gonna come back, make a return, and beat a go go and bury him. So. Who knows what's going to happen um, with that, but I would expect Cody is going to take on a go-go at some point. It seems like that's what they were trying to set up after the match last night. You forgot one other thing that's going to happen. What's that? He's going to bleed in the match. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Last night they were talking about, you know, that I was reading in the Discord chats for AEW Dynamite, and they were talking about, you know, oh, Cody's about to bleed here. Ironically, it went to like the very end of the match. He started bleeding, so like I don't even know if it was planned that he was going to bleed in that match because, and it was like kind of the side of his eye. I think started bleeding a little bit. It doesn't even seem like it was something that was intentional, yeah. but he bled. Yes, and so uh, Cody. <laughs> it's just a funny joke. How everyone assumes Cody Rhodes is just going to go ahead and bleed all over the place every match he has. Yeah, it was a really entertaining match, and. I still don't get why they're, I mean, I get he's an Olympian boxer and he was a gold medalist, but this gut punch thing is so corny. I mean, it looks corny. Well, you see, the first time it happened, I was like, "Eh, I don't know. Like when he had his first match, he beat that guy by gut punching him and the guy just fell. And then the ref was like, nope, ring the bell. That's it. It's done. And just rung the bell like that. Like. 
but they still look fake as hell. Well, it's it's hard to explain. It, it it's believable because he's a boxer, obviously, and he's a big dude. Like he's not a small dude either. Like, and obviously, if you're an Olympic box Olympic medalist in boxing, you you got to pack some kind of punch. And now I'll tell you what, gut shots when you don't know it's coming, gut shots are the real deal. Now I would rather you know, the only problem I really have with that that first match is the referee just you know called for the bell as soon as that guy fell down. Like gut punch him. Pin him one two three boom okay you won the match that could be like your your finishing move like for the like for a while I think the Big Show had the punch and Big Show's not even a boxer you know he just punched people and he win matches that way I wouldn't mind having Anthony Agogo just and it like put some you know and he puts a little emphasis into it but like just maybe have something special with that punch and just boom that that gut shot and. You know, knock people and knock them down, pin them one, two, three. I mean, I, I could see that being a finisher, but obviously execution of it is is key. So mm-hmm. I think there's a you know, I'm trying to th- you know, there's like a a way you could uh, build it up, so to speak. And then, you know? and then- oh well. Hey, you there? All right. What just All happened right. there? I don't know. We just got disconnected for a little bit, but we're back. So uh, what the but- hell? As I was saying, you know, I just was saying basically, you know, have his punch, you know, said build up to it a little bit. Um, I don't know how you can do it, but you know, it's uh, it's just a, it's like it's too plain, I guess, in in a sense. Like make it, I don't know. It's the thing. I don't know what to, I don't know what you could do with it, but I think there's a little more. Some there's something else you could put in with this punch or to make it special or the, or even or even more special you know well he's too much of a one trick pony he comes out and you know uh here comes a here comes a fake ass gut punch yes yeah, so i'm i'm still curious to see you know what can he do inside the wrestling ring other than you know punch you in the gut too it's kind of like omos at wrestlemania like i was not that impressed with omos cuz he did like two or three moves and that was it and i was like i really want to see what this dude can do like you know there's been a lot of hype around this guy Basically because of his size, but yeah. like this Anthony Agogo guy, you know, he's an he's an Olympic, you know, gold not gold medalist, but an Olympic medalist in boxing. So, you know, I play to that advantage, obviously, and we'll, you know, we'll see what he can do. But also, you know, he's got to work in the ring too. Like we don't want to just see him come out there and punch people in the gut after two minutes and, and win a match. I want to see him put on some good ten to fifteen minute wrestling matches, and then boom, when you least expect it. He rears one back and boom, gets you in the gut and knocks you knocks you down and wins a match. But I would imagine he's ready. Everybody else that's came out of the Nightmare Factory has been really good. Yeah, well, they have very good training. Obviously, they you know with Cody and, and QT and everybody that is part of the the Nightmare Factory, Billy Gunn in there, and all those folks. So they really have a lot of you know good mentors in there to to show them the ropes, but. Um, but yeah, so I'll be curious to see, you know, because when when Anthony, if I'm assuming they're gonna wrestle at some point, a go go in, in Cody Rhodes, it ain't gonna be some two minute a go go is gonna punch you in the gut and it'd be over. It's gonna be a you know you have to do a little work with with Cody Rhodes. But let's go ahead and uh, move on now to the next match here. As I it it came uh, came off the screen here after we 
<laughs> we disconnected for a second. Let me get it back here. But I believe the next match was, oh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, <clears throat> defeated Julia Hart. Um, no relation to the Hart, found, uh, the Hart family, as far as I know. But that was pretty much a squash match. It went a minute, 29 seconds. Dr. Britt Baker, at this point, it's official that she's going to fight Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's World Championship, a double or nothing. So they're just going to give her some matches to make her look a little better against some of these uh, these dark wrestlers. But but it doesn't know. really make her look better, though, because we were talking about it earlier, and I was like, why in the hell would you – you're trying to build her up to be the next champion. Obviously, they're going to put the belt on her. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you wouldn't give her a full-timer to squash where people can go, oh, okay, but you give her a girl that nobody's ever seen before, and of course she's going to squash her. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't make her look any stronger than she is or any more accomplished than she is. It just makes her look like – Oh, you beat somebody from the Bush League, okay. Yeah, so but uh now she did have that tremendous match with Thunder Rosa that kinda Yeah. I don't want to say put her on the map, but like it was like, okay, Brit's got something here, you know. She and even though she lost that match, it's crazy to think and she even said this in her promo, I think she cut the week after, but more people were talking about Britt Baker than Thunder Rosa who actually won the match and it was a tremendous match they put on, but uh, Britt Baker, even though she lost that match, you know she was the talk of the, the the wrestling community after that match. So now she's you know gonna be fighting for the AEW Women's World Championship. And I personally believe early prediction. And I'm gonna I want to certainly use this to you know I want to what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, I reserve the right to change my my pick, <laughs> but. I think Britt Baker's going to beat Hikaru Shida and become the next AEW Women's World Champion at double or nothing. That's just my early prediction. Like I said, reserve the right to change that, but Dr. Britt Baker is going to be the next Women's World Champion in AEW. Just yeah, I agree. My two cents. Uh, the next match was the uh, the four-way tag team match for a future AEW World Tag Team Championship match. SoCal Uncensored um, defeated uh, Jurassic Express, the Varsity Blondes, and the Acclaimed. And my favorite part of this match was actually what happened before the match. Um, when the Acclaimed came out, of course, everyone knows Max Caster comes out and raps and disses his opponents. And, man, he came out. And and I watched it a few times today. I'm trying to remember exactly what he said. And I was going to say we could try to play it back, but AEW is going to copyright strike us and take our video down, so we're not going to do that. But... He basically said something along the lines of, um, you know, we're two sexy kids. We're going to make Daniels quit the wrestling biz. And then he goes on the vars- to the Varsity Blondes, who, of course, one half of the Varsity Blondes is Brian Pillman Jr. And he says that Varsity Blondes, you're a temporary thing. In 10 years, you'll be on dark side of the ring. And I was like, Savage. whoa, did he really just say that? Because obviously a new dark side of the ring, which I think premieres tonight uh, season. And the first episode is about Brian Pillman Jr.'s father, Brian Pillman. So that was just, man, that was a, like he was looking for violence uh, (laughs) that last night, Max Caster. I mean, he's come out and he's thrown some, some heat at some, some of his opponents. And a lot of people were like, man, this dude can't rap and things like, I was like, I love this. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the fact that Max Caster can come out there and he just throws 
Like it, it's a it's jabs at his opponents that could legitimately make them angry at him. And I'm sure he got approval from Brian Pillman to say something like that before the match. I, I would like to think he did not go out there without Brian Pillman Jr.'s permission to say something like that because that's a pretty deep cut. Yeah. But he went on and he said something about he was going to slap Jungle Boy like uh, who's that that reporter that got slapped for calling wrestling fake? I don't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't remember. Off the I can't remember either. the guy's name, but says and slap him like that and then turn you know um, Luchasaurus into a fossil. The guy, the reporter's name rhymes with fossil, and so I can't remember his name. But and then he went on and who was the last one he dissed? Oh, and he called the Young Bucks the Young Cucks. They were saying how they're going to get the the belts off the Young Cucks. And, you know, if you know what a cuck is, then, yeah, you know (laughs) that you, you know, that you might not be able to, you shouldn't be able to say that on TV, possibly, (laughs) but they got away with it because even a few seconds after he said that, Max Caster just said, yeah, I said that. So, well, they're pushing the boundaries because Tony Schiavone said the S word. Yeah, they do push the boundaries, and even Jericho drops curse words and things like that, and they try to edit it out, but they're just they're late, and it's like they don't know what's coming. But just let them curse. It didn't, you know, big whoop. Like so what? You know, it's cable TV. They should be allowed to curse anyway. We got to pay for cable, so let them curse. It makes it seem more real, if yeah. anything. But um, but yeah, SCU wins the match. They're gonna move on and fight the Young Bucks next week in uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. So now. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. The one thing that I got from that match, besides it being really good, when are we going to get a Luchasaurus solo push? This guy is so amazing. Yeah, he's really good. And, you know, I think what they got, with the, him and Jungle Boy, they got going right now, I think it's a good thing. And here's the thing about AEW they got, they're getting all these new people in and they're starting, I think, I feel like they're getting more people in than they almost know what to do with it sometimes. So the Luchasaurus push is coming. I think it's just going to be a ways down the road. Like it's not going to be anytime soon. He's still, you know, becoming, you know, a household name, so to speak. And he's not quite there yet. You know, the, the, the one guy who's become a household name is like Darby Allen. Like this dude, if there's anybody's stock in professional wrestling that has risen the highest because of AEW, it's Darby Allen. And obviously, he's won the TNT Championship. He's a, he's a fan favorite. And Luchasaurus, not quite to that level yet, but I think he will be at, at some point. All right, move on to the, the main event, the Blood and Guts match. Well, there's a lot to unfold in this match. And boy, we're, <laughs> we've taken a lot of time talking about just the entire show, but a lot of things to talk about here in the Blood and Guts match. Obviously, the pinnacle, the inner circle, 5-1-5, the way it is. I think Sammy Guevara and uh, which one of the FTR guys, which one's the one with the the bald head one? Um, It's not Cash, Dax Harwood. Okay, Dax Harwood. So Dax Harwood and Sammy Guevara start. Then next thing you know, we got a the, the Pinnacle. I think had the advantage. So the Pinnacle guy would come in to be two on one, and an inner circle guy. And finally, they all five come in. It was really there was a lot of good things about this match. There was some good moves. There was this one move where and there's there's two rings, you know, mind you, 
right next to each other with a cage surrounding both rings. Uh, there was a really cool spot where Guevara and Sean Spears were on the ropes, and someone threw a chair at Sean Spears, and Sean's like on one rope, Guevara's on the other rope, and then Sean goes to the other rope to meet Guevara, and then boom, a Spanish fly off the rope. That was really cool. There was another spot where, <laughs> this was earlier in the match, Guevara tried to like jump on both, and he, he ultimately he jumped on both ropes and did like a cutter off the rope, which looked cool. But at one point in the match, I think he tried to do something else, and like he completely bit the dust. And for yeah. a little bit, people were like, does he have a concussion? Because like he kind of seemed out of it for a little bit, and he might have a concussion for all I know. But there was just a lot of craziness in this match. Um, Santana, was it, is it Santana or Ortiz? One of them got stuck. Like They, they both did eventually. They, yeah, they fell like, first. Yeah, and they fell like between the cage and like the side of the ring. Like they fell and like that obviously I don't think that was supposed to happen or anything. But plenty of blood, I will tell you that. But the one thing about this match, and it was like at eight o'clock, like halfway through the show, they were like, All right, the main event's coming up next. And I'm thinking this is gonna be like an hour long, but then they did some filler stuff and whatnot. And they got the the match started, I guess, around like I don't know, eight twenty or something like that. But like at one point, it felt like the match was going on just a little too long. Like there was a point where the inner circle pretty much had beat down the pinnacle and they were just kind of standing around the ring, like just waiting for something to happen almost. And I, it's like they were trying to kill time. And another thing that made me think this match went on a little too long was that there were three commercial breaks during the duration of this match. And I was like, three commercial breaks? You gotta be kidding me. But overall, it was like a very there was a lot of good spots. There was, you know, some couple things here and there. It there was a lot going on. And ultimately, I'm just gonna fast forward to the the, the main part of, uh, at least at the end of the match. Wait, before we get to that. Uh, I thought Wardlow was a beast when he came in, but boy, when yeah. Jake Hager came in, oh my god. Yeah, Jake looked very good because Jake and, and Wardlow had that one-on-one match, I don't know, a month or two ago, I think. And I don't know, Jake just didn't look that good. To me, yeah. he looked very stiff. He just didn't he didn't look that good, but last night he looked really good in that match when, when he came in and everything. I think he looked really good. Him and Wardlow even went at it, but um so ultimately, like I said, there was a part where the inner circle they had beat down the pinnacle it looked like they were going to win the match. Like I was like, well, what's going on here? Like somebody just needs to submit somebody and it's over with. And ultimately MJF finds his way out of the ring and climbs up to the top. Jericho follows him and it's just Jericho and MJF up there. And I don't even know what's like the, the camera was focused in on Jericho and MJF as if they were the only ones in the match. There was right. not like the other eight guys were still inside the cage I don't know what they were doing because the camera was never even really on them. But ultimately, MJF getting ready to throw Jericho off the top of the cage and the rest of the inner circle is like, no, don't do it. And MJF, and the rules of this match is you you either win by submitting your opponent or getting your opponent to surrender. So MJF is getting ready to drop Jericho off the top of the cage, but he in the, the other inner circle members are like, no, don't do it. And MJF's like, surrender, and I won't drop him. So ultimately, 
the inner circle surrenders, the pinnacle win the match, and the, being the best heel in AEW, if not in professional wrestling, that MJF is, he drops Jericho anyway. And he drops him, and Jericho falls back first. And, boy, I tell you what, a lot of uh, mixed reactions as to how this played out. But Jericho falls onto what looks like cardboard. Because yeah. it just... And I, I remember watching it, and I, when I watched it live, I was like... Man, that didn't like that was a little less anti. It was a little less climactic than I thought it was going to be, because you could just tell that it, it didn't. It just didn't feel like a a big bump. I guess no, the pad that he fell on was fluffy as hell. It, yeah, it just didn't seem like a legit bump at all. And and then the and cardboard I, they made it look like corrugated steel, like yeah. that stuff that people have like on work trucks. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, you got to be the kidding thing, me. Too, and I think it was all about camera angles, like where the camera angle was. You can obviously see when Jericho hits the the floor, the the I guess you could say the cardboard, like it flips up, so you can see the underneath part, and you obviously see it's like cardboard or, or you know something soft, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, and it's granted, cardboard on a fluffy pillow. Now, granted, I understand it's Jericho. He's 50 years old. With that kind of bump, you're not going to re- legitimately throw him onto something hard, but at least try to make it seem like, you know, he fell onto something that would hurt. It just, to me, it just, it, it didn't seem like he would, he fell on anything that would hurt him, you know? It, I, I don't know, it, but... Someone did show another camera angle, and it was like it was a really good camera angle. It was from like way from the side to where like they had the entire cage, like MJF on the top, and then you could see the the ground at the bottom. And like without even having to move the camera, you can see MJF throw Jericho off, and he lands on it. And that camera angle actually would have made it seem more legit versus the camera angle right there. Where you can see obviously the underneath the what we thought was like some steel where it was cardboard, so they could have had a better camera angle on it, and I, and I understand what they were trying to do. Obviously, MJF using Jericho like as a as a hostage, so to so to speak. Like I'm going to drop him. You better surrender. Or I'm going to drop him. Using Jericho like that to win the match. I understand what they're trying to do there. That's fine. Um, I, I was okay with that, and. And I, even before MJF threw him off, I was like, he's going to do it anyway. Yeah. And he did. And that's fine, too. It's just they could have executed it a little better or made it look more legit. It just didn't It didn't seem legit, and it kind of – unfortunately, it, it took a little bit away from me personally, and I know it took a little bit away from you, too. Um, but, you know, hopefully they can – it's kind of like the, uh, the barbed wire death match. They got a lot of flack for the – the lack of uh, pyro and explosions at the end of the match. but And I think they're getting a lot of flack for the way that looked last night, Jericho's fall. But um, I'm going to try and, not to and, let it deter, you know, the, the great... I think it was overall a good match. Uh, unfortunately, I think just the way it ended and the, 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 that spot just kind of put a little damper on it, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, and if... And to me, the problem wasn't so much the cardboard. It was you're trying to make this stuff look like metal, like intentionally. Yeah. Like you want us to think he's falling on metal, but it's cardboard. It's fine if it's cardboard. It's your logo. It's fine. Yeah. Just make it look like cardboard. I don't know. 
and I, I feel like you know you got the resources to to make it look legit without it actually being legit, like steel or concrete, or whatever the case may be. But you know, you just got to do a better job making it look legit. You know, yeah, that's just my opinion. But uh, overall, I think the show was really good. I enjoyed it, and uh, I know a lot of folks. That's the thing. Like I was telling you about it today. Like I've been watching, you know, the Dynamites pretty much every week, and like when the show's over, I'm like, man, that was a really good show. I enjoyed it. But then, like, I always hear people like, eh, it was okay. Eh, it wasn't that great. This was, you know, maybe it's just the the internet wrestling community. They always want to find the negatives, uh, or they always want to focus on the negatives more than the positives. But yeah, me personally, I'm not seeing many negatives for AEW. Like. You know the 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 execution of the fall last night was like the one thing that I may consider a negative, but overall, I mean the show was fantastic, and I think next week's dynamite is going to be even better. I mean the the show next week is absolutely just freaking stacked. But but if that's the last memory you leave people with, that's yeah. what they're going to remember. Yeah, and I think Vince was always uh, some Vince would always say like it's how you you know it's how you the end that they always remember or something like that. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, talk about next week. I mean, you got the 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 graphic up right here. The IWGP US Heavyweight Championship will be defended for the first time ever uh, on AEW Dynamite. John Moxley taking on Yuji Nagata. We talked a little bit about it last week. This is going to be just. A war. Uh, these are two dudes that are probably legit going to shoot fight each other. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's going to be crazy. Yuji Nagata, a legend in New Japan. John Moxley, arguably one of the hottest things going in professional wrestling right now. He's had that U.S. title now for a long time. So I'm curious to see if Nagata is actually going to take it off of him. But the one thing I did want to mention, too, that I forgot, uh, last night's AEW, it was ranked number one in the person's 18 to 49 demo for the first time ever it was ranked number one on wednesday night so congratulations right. to dynamite as uh they were ranked number one amongst all shows on cable wednesday nights for the first time since their uh, inception last night well i think you just answered your question then while they had three commercial spots in the main event yeah you're right they trying to get that money yeah and they they just got over a million views they didn't get 1.1 million i think it was like 1.02 two or something like that but they they stayed above a million which i i hope they stay above a million because I, i'm really been enjoying some aew and i hope their ratings continue to to increase but uh moving on to next week the iwgp us heavyweight championship is one of three title matches you got the tag team titles next week that are on the line bucks versus scu and then you also have the tnt championship on the line miro is going to be challenging darby allen and I tell you what, at this point, you almost got to put that title on Miro because, you know, he came in and the, the, the dude's a monster. The dude looks the part. He can be the part in the ring. And so far, he's been messing around with Kip Sabian doing this, you know, video game stuff and whatnot. And all right, cool. We've we got past that. Now it's time for him to absolutely destroy Darby Allen, which I think he's going to toss Darby Allen around like a rag doll next week and put a belt on him. I think, you know, he's going to certainly be a tremendous AEW or a TNT champion, that is. So I'm looking forward to that next week. I'm hoping there's a title change. Not that I don't like Darby as a TNT champion, but I mean, let, let's be real here. If you got Miro and you got Darby Allen, 
I think Miro is is you know you can basically book him to be just a, a hungry monster of a man, and he can go on a, a tear as the TNT champion. Right, and then how he was setting it up where he was when he squashed that dude and he said, give me your champions, maybe that can be parlayed into him going to other promotions and fighting their champions. Yeah, maybe so, because obviously, you know, that's what Omega's doing, so you know, why not Miro? And Miro's yeah. already well-known after his run in WWE, but next week they got that. And then, of course, Orange Cassidy and Pac for the number one contendership next week as well. So uh, it's going to be a, a very interesting dynamite next week and uh hopefully everybody tunes in next week because i feel like next week could be better than this week was quite possibly all right let's move on now to the next topic uh which is oh double or nothing almost forgot about that but uh a quick note here that uh double or nothing tony khan announced yesterday on busted open radio on sirius xm that double or nothing is going to be a daily's place but they're going to be running at full capacity which is about 5500 people now last night on dynamite they were at 50 percent, and i'm telling you you could like hear the fans you you could you felt like there was a good crowd there and that was only 50 percent last night or at least that's what i heard it was only 50 percent. so having double or nothing which is arguably their biggest pay-per-view of the year next to all out and having a full crowd there i can't wait i am ecstatic i was ecstatic for wrestlemania just because they had a crowd there. So now I'm even more ecstatic for Double or Nothing that they're going to have a full-capacity crowd. And we had talked about maybe taking that drive over to Jacksonville and going to check it out, although I don't think that's going to happen anymore. But now I really want to because <laughs> I've been dying to go to a wrestling show, especially since we went to the Royal Rumble back in 2020. And, man, that that was just awesome, that – I was like, what, 30,000, 40,000 people in the, in the Minute Maid Park for the Royal Rumble? Man, that was so awesome. And I, I know 5,500 doesn't compare to about 30,000, 40,000, but still, it's the, the type of fans that AEW draws. Even if there's only 5,500 in there, it's going to be a ruckus crowd. I can't wait to, to watch Double or Nothing now even more. I mean, I was ready to watch it even before they announced they were going to have this full crowd. But, man, and, you know, it, it just goes to show you that, you know, uh, full capacity crowds and these wrestling shows getting back on the road, man, it's going to be here before you know it. Yeah, with the acoustics of Daly's Place and people in there so close together, I bet you would sound like 30,000 people in there once they get ruckus. Yeah, because like I said, you know, the obviously the type of fans that AEW draws, more guys like us, older guys, um, it's not a kid show like WWE obviously draws a lot more to the kids nowadays. AEW does not. AEW draws more to the, the college, uh, post-college males, and obviously females too, but the older crowd, the more rowdy crowd, like back in, you know, when WWE and the Attitude Era, they, they had that kind of crowd. We know how ruckus you know, those crowds were back in the day. So to me, that's the kind of crowd that AEW is going to be drawing, to, to especially a double or nothing, because you already know that for a big show like that, like a WrestleMania, you know, all the hardcore wrestling fans are going to show up to WrestleMania. Well, all the hardcore fans are going to show up to Double or Nothing, and yep. it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I'm, I need to get with Brink and say, hey, what are we doing for Double or Nothing? We're having a watch party. I don't care where it is. We're having a watch party. I'm ready. You know, so 
full capacity. I, I'm excited. I, I'm I'm more than ready for you know not only AEW but WWE to get full capacity shows back, get back on the road because man, I think a lot of the fans are just ready to you know just jump out their seats and just cheer, boo, whatever the case may be, just ready to watch some wrestling live again. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I'm ready for it here in Lake Charles, too, with the Indy. Absolutely. Um, All right, let's go to the next topic, uh, which is someone's got some new theme music in WWE, and that would be the head of the table, Roman Reigns, and we actually have a clip of it right here. You know, he's had that darn it, darn it, or whatever his old theme forever. I mean, since the, 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 the inception of The Shield. And this is the first time that Roman Reigns has had music other than that. It's certainly different, that's for sure. Very vanilla. You think it's very vanilla? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, you can get the heel attitude from it. I think you got like the kind of those vocals in the ground, like or whatever it is. And it kind of, you know, it. I think that's kind of the really where the, I don't know how to say it, but that's where the the meat potatoes goes here. You know, that's that, that's the the sound they're trying to. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Um, but I, I get what they're trying to do with it. Obviously, he's like, and that's what the people were saying. Like, oh, he's got new theme music. He ain't losing that title anytime soon. Because they're going all in with this new Roman Reigns gimmick. And the fact that they just changed his music. And someone, and I laugh, that, you know, he had his match with Daniel Bryan on Friday for the Universal title, which is where this music debuted. And some people were thinking, man, maybe Daniel's going to win it. And then they hear the new music, they're saying, Daniel Bryan's about to die. <laughs> Roman's got new music. No way he's losing. So Somebody should have been rapping over this. I think it. I think it's okay. Uh, I don't think it's terrible. I mean, there's obviously been you know much worse. Like remember when they tried to get Big Cass new music? I mean, that was terrible. But this is it's really good. I think it fits the the new gimmick for Reigns, and um, it's not you know it's not the best theme song ever. But you know, it's hey, it's not bad. I give it a thumbs I'm up. I have to disagree. I don't like it at all. You don't like it? Nah, it's too vanilla, man. Eh, well, I mean, it, to be fair, his last one was pretty vanilla, too. I think this one's a little less vanilla than, than his last one. Don't yeah, but, I mean, what are the best WWE, I guess, when you think of, when you want to rank the best WWE entrance songs of all time, most of them have lyrics. Most of them have somebody singing or rapping. Yeah, you're right, but the Roman's old entrance music did not. This one has like some sort of vocals, not necessarily lyrics, but has some vocals to it. Yeah. So I think it's okay, though. See, I, th- I think it would just have been cool if somebody was rapping about him tearing people limb to limb and how he was the head of the well, table. Well, it's funny you mentioned about the rapping thing because like Cody right now is using the, like his, the Snoop Dogg remix to his theme song. And a lot of people hate that. They're like, well, go back to the old one, you know, and his old one was great, too. And this one's then the one with Snoop Dogg is okay, too, but. I like the old one better. Yeah, but a lot of so I I think a lot of people would crap on 
if, if like Roman had like some pe- some dude rapping or whatever the case may be. But I think it's okay. Yeah, for, for could have had the Usos rapping on it. Though. They're pretty good at that. Yeah, you're right. And the Usos got a great theme song too. Yeah. So, but I think it's okay, and it's. It's it's it was I I wasn't expecting it. That's the that's the one thing I was like, whoa, new music, okay. Uh, <laughs> and that's the thing. That's the thing I love about wrestling. When I'm like, when you you throw something at me, I'm not expecting like new Roman Reigns music. Was not expecting that, so I'm okay with it. Did they let it play a little bit before his graphic came up? For where people were like, whoa, what's what's who's coming out? And uh, no, well, no. I mean, it was the 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 match, so. Well, yeah, Brian no, but came out. Music, they could have played it to where everybody was like, oh, crap, who's coming out? No, I think they they knew kind of right away it was Roman coming out and ah. and whatnot. So, all right, let's move on now. Um, Andrade, of course, just got released by WWE. And, well, he was, uh, I think he's still, I don't know if he's still slated to fight Alberto Del Rio. A lot of folks were unhappy with the fact that you know, Andrade's first match post WWE is against um, Alberto Del Rio. Of course, Alberto Del Rio right now accused of kidnapping and sexual assault and all that jazz. But um, this match right here, uh, Andrade has challenged Kenny Omega for the AAA Mega Championship. And I tell you what, I've seen Andrade put on some five star matches in NXT. Can you imagine the kind of match he's going to put on with Kenny Omega, who's put on Don't. multiple five star plus matches? I mean, this could be the match of the year, and it's supposed to—I think it's going to be a triple mania. So I'm—I need to look up uh, triple mania 2021. I need to look up and see when that is going to be. Yeah, it is. And I was watching Turnbuckle Talk the other day, and Joe said this match was doing nothing for him, and I was thinking in my head, "Oh my God, this match is going to cause Dave Meltzer to have a seizure." It very well could. I think it's going to be, looks like it's going to be maybe in, I don't know. I don't know when they're going to have it. I don't think there's really any particular plan to have it right now. So I guess like the non plan to have it, I just don't know when. So I guess the non-compete is only if you're in a U.S. territory. You can go down to Mexico and wrestle right off the bat or what? Well, here's the thing. I think it looks like because the last one, that they had the last triple mania they had was supposed to take place like in August of 2020, but then they moved it to December. So maybe in August, this thing is supposed to go down, which would be well past the 90 day compete clause. Mm. So if it goes down in August, then boom, there you go. But man, this, this match is going to be just amazing. Agree. You know, (laughs) I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. It's going to be fantastic. I'm assuming it's going to happen. I don't know if it's been made official yet, but I expect it will. And this could be the time where Omega, you know, Omega's had that AAA title for a little while now. I think this is this could be the guy that takes it off of him in Andrade. Unless they want to keep up, like you said earlier, you know, with Kenny being a new belt collector gimmick. Yeah, I just don't know what other belts they're going to put on him while he's got all these other belts. I mean, I don't know if I see New Japan putting their belt on him. Um, I don't. I don't see Ring of Honor doing it. I don't know. That's the thing. Like maybe he fights John Moxley next for for the uh, U.S. Championship. Well, that's that's not considered a world title. So I feel like a title like that is you know below Kenny. Kenny already had that belt. So yeah. All right. Let's uh 
move on now to, well, I guess we're going to play the, the Marry F. Kill game now. Yeah, you know we are. You ready All for right. this? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what three women you're going to have for me today, but let's let's check it out. All right, so we take women from all three big promotions, WWE slash NXT, AEW and Impact, and then Patrick has to figure out which one he's going to marry, which one he's going to F, and which one he's going to kill. This week, from NXT, we have Io Shirai. From AEW, we have Jade Cargill. And from Impact, we have... Miss Big Booty Grace. Boy, you, you just make this so tough for me, man. <laughs> God. All right. So we got Io Shirai, who I've, oh, man, I've been a big fan of hers. Jade Cargill, who's obviously new on the scene. I'm a big fan of hers. And Jordan Grace, man. I tell you what. Uh, all right. So I'm going to marry, I'm going to marry Io Shirai. I'm going to F. I got to go with Jordan Grace, and I'm going to have to kill Jade. But, man, I, 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 for a second, I was like, am I going to kill EO? I don't know, but I think I'm going <laughs> to marry EO. I'm going to F Jordan, and I got I to gotta, I gotta kill Jade. Sorry, Jade, but any, any other? any Because, uh, like I said, I'm, I, I love me some Jade Cargill, man. She's... And like I said, a lot of guys don't like that like ripped look, but on her it looks fantastic. Yeah, she works it well. Yeah, she does. She's not like I mean, she's like she's really ripped. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't want to say she's too ripped, but because she's ripped, but she's not like too too ripped. You know what I'm saying? Like she's yeah. she's the right amount of ripped enough Being, to be like still it's still very attractive on her. You know, some female weightlifters have a really ugly face to be blunt. So a lot of times I think guys automatically assume, okay, if a chick is ripped, she's going to be ugly. Maybe that kind of like goes in once you start seeing the muscles, you really don't pay attention to the face that much. Yeah. But when you isolate Jade's face, she has a beautiful face. Yeah. Jade's face. I mean, I would argue Jade might have the prettiest face out of all three of these women right here, to be honest. Oh, most definitely. But I mean, I've always had a thing for EO. Got to marry EO. Jordan, I, I, like, let's put it this way. I got a thing for all three of these in one way or another. Uh, even Jordan, like lately, Jordan's been posting some great stuff on Instagram. And um, she's just, the way Boy, she's, she's the way she's built, I, I, I like, I, I, like, it's one of those things where it just makes me weak. <laughs> I can't, uh, I, I, it's like, you can't look away. You know, as good as she as good as she looks. There was this one picture I almost put up, I, but she's younger, and it was her like in a thong, and she was showing you the bootay, mm -hmm. but she turned she turned her head around and she just had this look on her face like, you like that? Yes, I do, Jordan. Yes, I do. <laughs> but. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna marry EO, we're gonna F Jordan, and uh, we're gonna have to kill Jade, unfortunately. Sorry, Jade. Boy, EO I think you would have to fight to the death, Brinkman, over EO. Well, no, Brinkman's more of a Oscar. Uh Brinkman now I have to fight Brinkman to the death for Oscar. But <laughs> uh EO uh might might not might not have to fight him as much, but Brinkman is 
uh, more, uh, you know, in favor of the the the, the Asian uh, wrestlers. Uh, he, he's very attracted to those, which I am too. You know, they're all they're all very nice. The Asian persuasion. That's right. All right, time for some rumor mill. Uh, so the first one is there going to be an RK Bro push coming? And I will say, uh, the best thing on Raw right now, RK Bro. Most in my dead. opinion, best thing on Raw right now. I love me. I, I was always, I've always been a fan of of Matt Riddle. Now just Riddle, but ever since they kind of turned him into like the the stoner or made him come off as a stoner, which I'm, he is, but. You know, they never really came. He never really came off as one on WWE television until recently. They kind of, you know, made him start, I guess, coming off as one. And now he's teaming with Orton, who's like all dead serious and this and that. And then the interesting thing about it is that Orton wanted to work with Riddle. Orton said, you know, as soon as WrestleMania is over, I want to go work with Riddle. And they're now 2 0 as a tag team. But what's the rumor mill on uh, if they're going to get a push or not? Well, PW Insider reports that Randy Orton and the Riddle team will be a long-term act, which will get a sizable push and also RK Bro merchandise on the way. I may have to cop me one of those shirts, man. That I've just or, or, I, 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 I they're going to sell scooters. Uh, well, they'd be very pricey. I'll tell you that, but uh, I'm definitely down to get an RK Bro shirt. I love that. That is, uh, I, I love me some Matt Riddle, man. He's He's great, but uh, him and Orton, that's just, it's a dynamic that <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable how, how entertaining that is, especially for me. I, I, I'm enjoying it. So I hope they get pushed to the moon. All right. Next up, NXT is working to keep the identity or identities of the Diamond Mine gimmick under wraps as long as possible, but a WWE source told Fightful Select they don't want fans expecting Tessa Blanchard to be the act or part of it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because, you know, obviously when it came out, the first thing that everyone said was, oh, it's Tessa Blanchard. And some people said Parker Boudreaux. Um, There might have been other people that they mentioned as well. And then there was the rumors that, well, AEW was in talks with Tessa Blanchard, but now it seems like, well, AEW's not in talks with Tessa Blanchard. So maybe she is part of this diamond mine or she is in this diamond mine thing. Now maybe WWE's trying to kayfabe us uh, and swerve us, you know, keep kayfabe alive and be like, no, we, yeah. te- no I don't think it's Tessa. It ain't Tessa when it, it very well could be. So right now I think they're, for all we know, it could be Tessa. And they're like, oh, crap, they figured it out. What are we going to do to make them think it's not Tessa? Oh, we're just going to tell them, it's, no, don't think it's Tessa because it's not. But yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I, I'm very curious to see who, who it is or, you know, or who or, you know, multi, if it's multiple people, too. You know, we don't know if it's one person, two people. I From the get-go, I thought it, it came off as like a faction, which it could mm-hmm. be as well. But some, you know what somebody else did say, too, that it could be? Um, uh, that I thought maybe made sense was uh Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir. Yeah, but they both suck. Well, they haven't they haven't been wrestling in wrestling in a while, so maybe they've gotten better. I don't understand why they would deserve a push like this. Uh, well, like I said, maybe they're they're still around as far as I know, and they haven't really done anything. So maybe they're like, all right, it's time to use them. So we'll see. Uh. I just cut them. I don't. I don't know why they didn't get <laughs> cut with the rest of them. All right, I right. got one more thing for uh for the rumor mill. 
Yeah, and the last one, uh, Jinder Hall made his return, worked a main event this week. And in, uh, according to Sportskedia, Ryan Bowman and the crew over there, he could be debuting on Raw soon. Debuting or returning. Um, he's been on Raw many times. Yeah, for some reason that said debuting. But God, please, God, don't give us more Jinder Mahal. Well, as long as he's a heel and they try not to like turn him into a face or something, I'm okay with it. Don't hinder gender, okay? Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll be interested to see what they do with him. I mean, obviously he defeated Jeff Hardy, and that was a big talking point on a main event this past week. But I don't Jeff know. Hardy's I mean, old. He let's put it this way: I would have no problem with him if he was good in the ring. He's just never been good in the ring. He's had he's he's a He's he he is a walking botchamania. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's crazy. So let's put it this way: as long as he doesn't botch, I'm fine with them to do whatever they want with gender. Because I mean, granted, I was about to say outside of his botches, he's he's okay. But botches are a big part of why no one would want to see you on television. So you know, fix the botches. I'm and then I'm okay with gender. He's got himself another stable. This guy can't. It seems like he can't go in alone. He can't go solo dolo. Well, he he'd fit right in in AEW then. Oh yeah, you know he would. <laughs> well, they'd have to grow that stable to about six or seven more people, and then they'd be ready to go. Yeah, and I think having uh, having a stable with gender is a good idea too, because uh, especially if you're a heel, you got your you know your lackeys and whatnot. He had the Hollywood the Bollywood Bros back then that kind of was the three band work and three whatnot. man band a good idea. It was a good comedy idea. I mean, it was, it was never anything to take seriously, I guess. Uh, Still can't believe McIntyre was in that. Unbelievable, but hey, it, it was a funny gimmick at the time um, and whatnot, but it, it just goes to show you guys like McIntyre can do stuff like that and come back and, you know, they can come back and be taken seriously. So yeah, the same thing with uh, Luke Gallows. He was a, they played that Festus character or whatever way back when and now look at him you know he's part of the the good brothers and where he's taken very seriously so right all right 97 in the books patrick another good show yeah Kinda like blood and guts it, it this was our own blood and guts i guess so you know I, I don't feel like i had a good show but you know we're we're, we're trying to get better we got to work out the ring rust i guess i feel like by now i should have the ring rust figured out but or you know, dust it off or whatever the case may be, but we'll get there eventually. So hopefully uh, this was a good episode for everyone who listened and we're going to, you know, at least I, I know me, you, you're doing fantastic, David. I'm I'm the one that needs to step it up here a little bit because there's times where I, I get, you know, tongue twisted and I can't think of what I want to say and I need to work on that. So we're it's getting there. Good, we're getting we're there. We're two average Joes just sitting around talking about wrestling. It's what we yeah, do. We're, ju we're just two average marks. That's it. We're just average. We don't claim to be the greatest marks ever. We just like pro wrestling, and we like talking about it, and we like discussing it with all of you folks. So, you know, feel free to join the conversation. We're live Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Time on all of our social medias. Hop in the chat. You know, give us some thoughts. You know, go check out our polls on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. I'm going to start posting a little more polls about some of the hot topics in pro wrestling just to get the you know the pulse of the, the internet wrestling community so uh, we can figure out uh, how you guys feel about certain things because we, we want to talk about what you guys are feeling 
um, about certain things in pro wrestling. So feel free to interact with us and uh, join the conversation. That's right. Go like us on your favorite preferred platform, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Also check us out on Patreon. If you like what we do, consider throwing your boys a buck every month. If enough people do it, it'll go a long way. We can uh, start making our own studio somewhere, mm-hmm. really making this thing legit. And, you know, and we really we, we would appreciate it. Plus, you can give to us Streamlabs, streamlabs.com slash the average marks two. All right, Patrick, get us out of here, boy. Outro. You've been listening to the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast with David Boston and Patrick Fry. All opinions discussed in the show are those of the average marks and do not represent any wrestling company, organization, or individual. This has been a Lake Area Media LLC production.